Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Hello and welcome to Jobber Talk. I'm your host, Martin, and right here is Jan! Hey guys, what's up? Sup, man. I mean, how was last week's uh, PWR Renaissance? Whoops! How was Vendetta? My bad! <laughs> That's why you keep getting a sticking, Martin. <laughs> keep on what now? That's why you keep getting beat up. You keep making mistakes. <laughs> Not my fault. Anyway, so yeah, last week was PWR's Feb show, which was Vendetta. Anyway, so let's talk about the first match. I mean, you know this guy. It's El Trabajador Dos, the guy with the mask, and he was fighting this guy who I thought was a downline. His name was Johan Oliores, or hashtag YOLO. Well, this match was... Well, yeah, jobber number two versus a new guy. And the new guy, I think, was trying hard to uh, get the crowd riled up. And actually, the guy has good instincts. You remember uh, the time we're in... Jobber number two lost his mask. Oh, you mean El Trabajador two lost his mask? Yeah, yeah. When he lost his mask, Yolo distracted the crowd long enough so he could put his mask back on without anybody noticing too much. I think deep down inside Yolo, he's a nice guy. He wouldn't beat up a guy who's unmasked. And also, yes, he's got a built-in chant already. He keeps referring to his dad. <laughs> <laughs> who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh. But the match itself, uh, it's a decent enough opener. Uh, I just thought the YOLO was trying to rile the crowd up a bit too much instead of just wrestling, especially since it's a pre-show. He has the uh, gimmick down in Pat, like very, very spoil- spoiled brat rich kid who has a Starbucks, who has the shades, who has, you know, all the bling bling, right? So basically, he's like all that teenage anger. All that hormones not put into good use. Well, yeah, I guess that fits the gimmick. What could you do with this guy? What do you think you could do with this guy? I don't know. Like I said earlier, I thought he was a downline because he was wearing what? Green. Yeah, well, it's a change from the purple pants from the first first time we saw him. Actually, are you sure that's purple pants guy? Yeah, I think they had the same hair. Well, if it it's him, hey, kudos to PWR for giving us purple pants in the ring. Remember the other thing here that happened was uh, one of them forgot to tie their shoelaces. Oh, right. Did they forget to tie the shoelaces or did it come undone during the match? It come undone and he didn't tie his shoelace. Ah, that is dangerous. If you were running and you tripped, you could break your ankle. (laughs) This is just general safety for everyday life. So if you're in the ring, if your shoelace is undone, tie your shoelace. (laughs) Actually... If you're in the ring, outside the ring, or even just going a stroll to the mall, please do not forget to tie your shoelace. You know, a lot of accidents happen here every day. The last thing you want to die is due to you untying your shoelace and you trip and you fall to your doom. That's the worst kind of death next to, well, there are other more humiliating ways to die. But, you know, tripping on your shoelaces is one of them. All right, that, that's a bit grim, Martin. He just forgot to tie his shoelaces. Think of the children, John. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next match. Oh, uh, oh, I love this match. <laughs> it's Chino Ginto, the golden boy, alongside Bruno Bernardo of the network 
against Vintendo. So it's green versus red. It's like Christmas. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this match actually felt like it could have been a main show. You got a point there because these guys got main show status. I, I felt like they should be there too. Just like what happened to Idol last event, he should be main show, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, he should have been main show. And what actually happened in this pre-show match had consequences in the main show. You remember? Oh, storytelling, yes. I like this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, it's just a bit strange to me that you booked this as a pre-show. This could have gone well to the main show, I think. Yeah, like uh, even just the opening match would have been nice because these guys brought it, man. Um, well, you know, they brought it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm curious because you usually use the pre-show to uh, either introduce your new guys or you could bring in uh, somebody you're trying to hype. Like, I remember this is how they built up Maverick Knight uh, and uh, his anger at just being in the pre-show became part of his character. Yep. See? Pre-shows make people angry. Mostly the competitors. Like Maverick, who kicked a lot of ass in the pre-show. And uh, yeah, this new guy, YOLO, who has too much teenage anger. Hormones. We, we talked about this before, about the the Konyo gimmick. I thought this was supposed to be Peter Versaza's territory. Oh, no. I For me, Peter is like the party boy, Konyo. This guy is spoiled brat, Konyo. There's very little difference. <laughs> no, 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 no. A party guy looks a bit better looking like peter this guy has money <laughs> yeah, this guy has a daddy yeah yeah you don't see pv asking for a daddy <laughs> are you sure mm. oh my so after vintendo gets the win yeah chino ginto beats him up and like then curb stomp yes how did you like the delivery of the curb stomp i noticed it was like done twice i think he botched the first one yeah, there was a little miscue. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I, I suppose this this does tend to have it is pre-show, so you're you're working with uh, you're working through. I guess you're still cold and yeah, working with the kinks. Yeah, so that happens. This, is this the first time he did the curb stomp? What did he do the last time? Um, I didn't notice, but yeah, this might be the first time he did it. Yeah, so that probably explains the miscue. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was the pre-show. We had two back-to-back matches in the pre-show this time. Well, what else would they be, Martin? <laughs> you know, the uh, the beer bash or the beer contest before? We'll yeah. be talking about that. Yeah, um, but before that, uh, I was wondering, we've never seen... Uh, we've seen Ginto wrestle. We've seen Idol wrestle, but we haven't seen... Bruno. Yes, we haven't seen Bruno get in the ring yet. But he, he does get beat up, uh, and he does participate in uh, in uh, interferences, but I've never seen him in a match itself. Maybe he's the secret weapon. <laughs> he's actually bigger than the big guy they got this time. <laughs> you think he's actually the big guy and not the, the big guy that they got? Yeah, they might be swerving us. Or no, this might be the guy we're looking for all along. He's been right there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, you think he's a mook. But he's actually the big bad. It was him, John. It was him all along. <laughs> and yeah, not John as in John who plays the part of Bruno, but John who I'm talking to right now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of us Johns in the world, Martin. I know. 
Anyway, so yeah, let's go to the opening. And it's like a uh, it's like a Monday Night Raw-esque opening because we open in the I Academy parking lot with the Royal Flush. It's a, a, a big step up, I think, from the last time you saw shot content from these guys. And the audio is working pretty well. Well, for me, it's kind of better now. I can hear it. This one, actually. It, it depends. Uh, the first one in the parking lot, you could hear what they were doing. The one in the stairwell, though, was a bit oh, odd. Yeah. Yeah. I have to talk to you about the stairwell. Something awkward had happened there. But yeah, let's go here in the parking lot first. Mm-hmm. It was Ralph and Brian Leo and friends. And they were about to have a brawl, but finally someone's stopping the Royal Flush attack. And it's not even wrestlers. It's just the bouncers. Oh, so is that the Royal Flush weakness? Bouncers. <laughs> not wrestlers. See, they could have saved Ralphie the last event had the guys in black shirts just slid in the ring. Maybe Bombay Suarez should be taking notes. No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like he was the one who's I thought I always thought he was like the leader of the anti the anti flush half of the locker room. You forgot there's another group there and they wear green. Well yeah, actually that's true. But yeah, like we said, we love the fact that they made this the opening segment. It's like WWE style opener, which is cool. Yeah, and uh you could tell well uh, Brian Leo and John Sebastian did most of the talking, so at least you know it was the guys who knew how to talk who were front and center in the segments. And speaking of front and center, let's go to the ring with the first match is JDL versus Main Max for the Path of Gold Trophy. How did you like this match? Because it was, for me, it's like a very even match and it really showed Main Max really being the big-ass badass he is. Uh, I thought it was a good match. Uh, finish was clean, right? One, yeah. two, three, pin, no interference. And uh, they exchanged moves. It was all sm- it was smooth. It was well done. And uh, we're the opener. Even the crowd was behind Main Max. They were saying A for effort. I'd, I'd say A for effort too, Main Max. That was great. Yeah, um, because Main Max, I think, was doing agility moves uh, or... and. It's pretty impressive for a guy his size to be matching agility with somebody like JDL. And speaking of JDL, even in his stature, some people will say, Oh, look at him. He, I don't think he can do agile stuff. Then you see him do the payroll, the hampas lupa, the, one he, the Eddie Guerrero-esque splash off the apron. And then the rolling thunder. And then other stuff. These guys are... The epitome of PWRs. Don't judge a book by its cover. Actually, uh, I think agility is not like the big issue. Uh, there is a distinct lack, I think, of power maneuvers. You'd think that you'd play up this contrast because you have a, a guy who looks like he should be a power guy in Main Max versus an agility guy in JDL. And while I, I am impressed by the agility of Main Max, the only thing I would say is that about this match, while good, you could have played up the contrast. Uh, more power moves, more destruction. Yeah. yeah, could be. But I think maybe if Main Max, you know, fights a smaller guy, you know. But yeah, yeah I agree with it. Like, but all in all, I like to say this is one of the best opening matches they have so far. Actually, yeah, this one was well planned out, well executed. One of the best openers they've had so far, yeah. So yeah, props to you guys for making the show like having a great opener. And then out comes Mr. C congratulating the 
well, still the Path of Gold guy who's still going to be facing the champ in Revolution X this May or April. And who does he bring out? The guy who came from Malaysia, Bombay Suarez, with the new shiny belt. Actually, before that, there's something uh, curious that happened Ooh. before he announced that Panzer was not going to be there because he was filming a commercial. Now, I don't know how seriously they take kayfabe in PWR. In fact, you could probably have an entire podcast just discussing what role kayfabe has in, a, in the new social media world where Lana could post a wedding ring and destroy an entire storyline. But yeah, I was curious that uh, they'd break kayfabe because it did feel like it, right? Yeah, it can be real that he was legit in a, you know, shoot, or maybe it's still storyline. Who knows? But it's kind of nice how they blur it out because most of the audience know that Panzer is in advertisements. He's like in the new smart commercial before he was in that. Hot dog. I remember there was a hot dog commercial somewhere there. Yeah, and then the Chillax commercial. I, su- I don't know if it's uh, like a hybrid nod to real-world events or a uh, break with Cafe, but yeah, it's a, it's a curious thing to announce before bringing out, of course, the heart and soul of PWR, Bombay Suarez. But it does give a good explanation as to why Panjo's gone for the night, I mean. If I remember when WWE used, used to give out fake injury reports for guys who couldn't make it to shows. He slipped in a banana peel, guys. He's out for Raw. Or he got he got jumped by what's-his-face. Oh, he's out for the evening. Anyway, the Ken Warren, the PHX champion, comes out to ringside and bemoans the celebration of Bombay. How come Bombay gets to celebrate while he, a champion from PWR, doesn't even have a celebration? Why does he not have a celebration, John? I have no idea. He should get a celebration. It is Ken Warren we're talking about here. Although it did have the the manager did have a point, he hasn't defended that title in a while. So what's the solution to this problem, John? Give him a match. And who's his opponent? Bombay Suarez. So this match is also a good match for me. Like you know, not because they're two of my favorite wrestlers, but it's very high offense, and there's a lot of Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair spots there at the end. You notice? Yeah, actually, this was. Uh... Probably the best executed match of the entire show. More so than the first one, I think. I mean, the uh, three amigos were perfectly done again. Uh, and then he did the belt spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He, he faked a, an interference with a belt, an illegal shot with a belt. And then he was blaming Ken Warren for him getting hit on the head with a belt, even though Ken Warren's the one more knocked out. Yeah. And actually, as a matter of storytelling and wrestling, this worked really well. Their styles, you could see the contrast. They were not playing off the same playbook. You could tell they had different moves and different personalities, and that these personalities were in contrast. Um, And... The swerve with the the good guy, the ostensible good guy being the one tricking the bad guy, that that's that's very Eddie Guerrero, as you said. Yeah. But then the bad guy proved to be the you know, worse guy by pulling off another trick on his playbook by kicking the guy straight in the balls while the ref's too, you know, too distracted. Yeah, it was it was classic. Uh I said this match was great from start to finish. And speaking of this match, have you noticed Joey Bax in his new haircut? Yeah, he no longer looks like Rusev. He's getting Joey Bax's chance, man. He even has signs. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I saw the signs, man. He is Bax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey's Bax. 
And now we go back to another video segment. Here's the weird part. Remember when we saw the stairwell, right? Who do you think was there? Well, it was, uh, I think it was Mahaba and Imabayashi talking about the upcoming match. That's right. When I talked to someone from the board, apparently it wasn't Mahaba and Imabayashi. It was Mahaba and Mark Dimanalo, who also was wearing blue. Oh, really? I thought it was Imabayashi. Wow. See, I, I was thinking of that too. But basically, yeah, they were chatting it up. So that was Mark Dimanalo and Mahaba. And at the end, who do you see? Yeah, we see the apocalypse fixing the camera. That was a bit odd. <laughs> it kind of makes sense to me now that it's the apocalypse because him and Mark Dimanalo have more bad blood compared to him and the champ. Oh, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Actually, now that you've mentioned it, now that it makes more sense that it is Manalo. And this is our plea to the PWR people. Please upload your videos online a day or two after so people can get to know who the real guy is in the stairwell. Actually, it's just the audio. If the audio had been fixed, you would have heard that it was Mark DiManalo. Because from afar, I thought that was Ralph. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't really hear what they were saying, so you couldn't make out voices, except for Mahaba, but his voice is really distinct. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next match. What came after the video segment, Martin? It's Mark DiManalo. And John Sebastian. And now I figured out what the Noche Buena chants were. And by that, I'd like to say, Dick move, crowd, dick move. Uh, so what were the Noche Buena chants about, Martin? Their stomachs, John. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I remember Ken Warren got some of this too. Now I kind of got that. I was like, why were they calling Noche Buena since the last show? Yeah, because uh, after the holidays, eh, some... Some... Weight was added, not necessarily mus- muscle mass. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Uh, these are wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. We're just kidding, guys. <laughs> anyway, so what did you? So th- this next match, I guess they're trying to play off that Sebastian found the uh, whole affair to be beneath him. So he wrestled like he really just wanted to get it over with. And storytelling wise, I thought that was a a good idea. My comment is is that this is the sort of match that highlights the disparity between PWR's heels and PWR's faces. Like he, the heel personality dominated the entire match. Yeah, Sebastian really took control here. But I like the foil of Mark Dimanalo to him. Remember before the match, Sebastian was like so pissed that He's stuck here in Manila trying to uh, quote-unquote solve the squatter situation while guys like he beated, like, like guys that he defeated like Bombay went to Malaysia to represent the Philippines. I don't think he has faced Panzer, but yeah, that's what he was talking about before the match. And he did the introduction to MDM. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was all good. Except that, yeah, you really want more personality out of guys like Mark DiBanala because I think their characters have something to be explored. You, you saw what you, you could do with JDL, and even I think JDL could still do more. So it'd be great if it wasn't just one-sided repartee. It made it feel like a squash when it wasn't because MDM had his fair share of really good spots. Yeah, he almost had like Sebastian tapping out at midway, right? So this match ends with uh, Sebastian win. Uh, knee strike. With a, yeah, with a knee strike to the face, but it didn't end there. 
There was more problems for Mark Di Manalo in the form of the masked man known as Apocalypse. So Apocalypse gets into the ring and you know, proceeds to lay a beat down, but then... Guess who's back? The actual, in my opinion, heart and soul of PWR, Kanta Terror. He came back there with the, uh, the leather jacket, with blonde hair, with some foreign object, and he was out there to beat the living hell out of Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah so uh, he comes out with a stick and then proceeds to go postal on Apocalypse and drives him out of the ring. Unfortunately, since we're at iAcademy, he doesn't get to do a stone-cold celebration. Sadly, yeah, him and Apocalypse never even touched each other. They just stared down and, uh, I don't know, maybe Apocalypse thought twice of trying to beat up a guy he already beat up. Maybe it's the thing in his hand, Kanto Terror. Mm. Yeah, he had, a, he had a weapon in his hand. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was great to see Kanto Terror back. Actually, in my opinion, why, why I say, why I think he's the heart and soul of PWR because he is a character that could have come that when you see him, he's a character that you could tell comes from Manila or comes from the Philippines uh, rather than somebody who looks like he could show up in any other wrestling promotion anywhere else. So uh, I was really glad to see him back. In fact, if you notice, his theme song is the only one in Tagalog. Oh, yeah. They got the rights to that, which was awesome. So props to PWR for keeping that because this is one of the best opening music you can ever have for anyone. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was, it's one of the best. It also makes him stand out. And I think he highlights what PWR is about more than any other wrestler on the roster. And I'm really, really happy he's back. Same here, man. And the reason why I'm happy, it's because it gives Mark DiManalo his other angle here. Because they are reunited as Beer Promdi. Yeah, and now the people have their champion. And their dynamic duo together again. All right, so let's shift from the blue-collar masses and go to our next match. So so we transition from the blue-collar masses to the highbrow of PWR. The Royal Flush, and they were having a plan backstage, all four of them. However, they were actually outside a office of one Mr. C. Though, if you noticed, what does the door sign say? <laughs> I think it was the girl's bathroom. <laughs> So uh, it's like Mr. C's pulling on Arthur Fonzarelli of Happy Days here, and he just took the girls' bathroom of the I Academy into his office. Hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, now uh, this was uh, this was a fun video. Uh, ostensibly, is to set up uh, the fact that nobody should be allowed ringside. So Brian Leo is supposed to go one on one, no interference with Rafi Mabayashi, and. Uh, it was funny. I mean, Leo and, and Sebastian did most of the talking, but uh, I was surprised. Uh, Scarlett had a few lines, and she, she didn't. Did well. Yeah, she didn't sound like a fourteen-year-old girl like the last time we heard from her. Hey, granted, granted, that was the one on the YouTube. That was like last year. Yeah, yeah it, it highlights the jump, not just in the production value of the videos, but in the in the skill of the performers themselves in delivering promos. Yeah, so props to, you know, Scarlett. She, that was leaps and bounds better. And I like the the Teddy Long-ish, you know, interference of Mr. C there from behind. Yeah, and pops up and say, oh, so oh. you're playing this in front of my office. 
Well, you're lucky I'm not going to book a tag team match, player. Although, to be fair, the women's bathroom sign was on the door. That's why John Sebastian pointed it out. <laughs> so how were they supposed to know it was Mr. C's office? They didn't know. Because he is watching. So it's for all of you who don't know. You should know. And hey, speaking of that, I guess we now know Mr. C's a fan of Happy Days. Yeah. You know? Unless, of course, this is just a very big coincidence. And I'm going to get a PM about this in a few days. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the, next, to the next match. It is Idol versus Mahaba. Okay. Uh, so let's set it up. Last, uh, last canon event, uh, Mahaba, oops, Mahaba was, uh, I think, he was beat up, right? He was beat up but suddenly gained strength after drinking some of the special drink, the performance-enhancing drink. And he... Performed the Jack Laid on poor Bruno. Oh, yeah. So maybe next time we get to see Bruno's own moves. <laughs> but this, tonight, it will be Mahaba versus the little guy, Idol. And speaking of the drink, Idol kept using it. He was even chugging it. <laughs> and what a performance enhancer it was. He didn't get the Jack Laid, but Idol did give him some facial products, the Bronco Buster. Oh yeah, and uh, the one with the chest, right? The the Ben Stiller. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Ben Stiller. That was awesome. Yeah, right. Um, so actually, uh, the network was sort of hinting that they'd be getting a new member this show, and for a while I thought it would be Mahaba because he had used their products. You know, it's a slow transition from, oh my God, why did I drink this? And then, you know, he gets hypnotized by the drink. But I don't know. I don't think that's how the drink works. Yeah, I mean, not not so much that he got hypnotized by the drink, but he did see it was effective. So considering he does have an impossible dream, so to speak, that could have used some performance enhancement, uh, that could have been your angle in. But I do understand if they want to keep Mahaba independent, especially since they use him to host a talk show as well. And I like the way they used Ginto and Bruno here as Ginto kept helping out Idol during the match. Yeah, and then being all nonchalant about it. Actually, this Ginto guy is a really good uh, ringside uh, sidekick or lumberjack. And he still looks like our friend Lolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he does look like Lolo, doesn't he? So uh, after this match... Should have ended in a clear-cut Mahaba victory simply because even when Idol was drinking the drink, it's just overmatched. And the fact that, yeah, you pointed it out a few minutes earlier, Nintendo lays out Bruno with a chair. Yep, he lays out Bruno. He lays out all the help. He chases Ginto out of the ringside. Yeah, and now we have Mahaba one-on-one with Idol. And, of course, uh, Idol gets hit real bad. He gets hit with a finishing move, right? Yeah, kind of like this slam thing. But before he loses, guess who comes out? He's been hinting at it for a while. Maverick Knight, welcome to the main show. Maverick defends Idol, and I thought he was going to destroy everybody. He grabs Mahaba, and he delivers the good knight slam. And then he drags Idol, and he places him on top of Mahaba for the victory. Yep, so it was one, two, three, and the network have their fourth member. Or do they? <laughs> All I know is hashtag idol wins. Yes, but uh, yeah, I think uh, they do get a 
fourth member. So this makes them a complete stable. Yeah. I still think Machine ain't a member yet. Remember, their downlines were green. Maybe this is just like a one-time pay-in. Maybe he's like their mercenary, you know. You, you could afford a Maverick Knight if you could afford a Beamer or whatever it is that these uh, call center folk use to convince you that they're rich. That's true, that's true. And now we go back backstage, and this time it's JDL wishing Crystal good luck. And then we saw Peter Versosa preparing as well. He opens a door, and who do we see? The network! <laughs> and apparently, uh, Idol is getting maintenance. <laughs> this was a very comedic segment. At the same time, I wanted it to be placed somewhere before the match of Idol. Unless there was a sign that said recorded earlier. I could have, we could have got behind that. But very, very funny segment. <laughs> yeah, uh... So, and there, before that, uh, you, you mentioned JDL uh, asking Crystal if she's ready for the match. Sort of, usually do this when you're setting up a White Knight interference later. Of course, this, uh, this didn't materialize. Um, but, so now we go to the next match. It's Crystal versus Peter Versosa. I, on a performance standpoint, this also was for me the match of the night. I mean, just the way these two tangled up. You know, just take the fact that one of them is, you thought, wasn't a wrestler, and the other just is the wrestler that you assume to be, right? Well, uh, here's the thing. Uh, at the end of the day, this is still a male versus female match. It's still, at the end of the day, a guy beating a girl up to the cheers of the masses. So the match was still, I had, I had a mixed feeling about it. And of course, uh, um, Peter Versosa doing yeoman's work, uh, carrying almost the entire match, getting us almost to believe that Crystal can actually carry carry him and whip him down somewhere. Yeah, that's uh, this goes to speak the levels of Peter Versosa as a performer, how he adapted to this environment, and he still pulled out a good match. So props to you. Yeah, so props to Peter Versosa. My issue with this still remains with the booking. Uh, it, it's still uh, awful every time. Every time Peter Versosa executes a high-velocity power maneuver and puts Crystal on the mat, it's like, oh, man, I really hope she survived that. And I'm just glad Crystal wasn't hurt. Oh, yeah, that's what counts. Yeah, so uh, just really hope this sort of stunt booking doesn't become a common thing for PWR, but... Congratulations on both performers. And uh, you will see that this match sort of uh, was a huge emotional release for the crowd. To the point where in, I, th I think after this match, there was nothing left for the remaining matches. Oh, yeah. Even the guy with a, with a kid was like shouting at Peter, Oh, you're going to beat up a woman now, huh? Like He got riled up. He's part of the crowd who got emotionally invested in this one. Yeah, and uh, it's like sort of when you're watching those those lifetime specials or those those afternoon dramas, it's like it's permanently that moment where the abused wife or girlfriend starts hitting back against the abusive husband. It's always a very emotionally explosive and at the same time awkward moment. So everybody was just uh, on an emotional high throughout the entire match. And you could 
tell that whenever Crystal, quote unquote, successfully executes a move, like when she grabbed his balls and sort of oh, yeah. threw him down. <laughs> yeah, you, you could tell, you could see Peter versus also launching himself. Uh, hope the family jewels are okay, man. Yeah, yeah. Hope the Versace jewels are, you know, still in perfect condition. Anyway, uh, speaking of dual shock members, PV wasn't the only one getting a victory out of the duo. It's Sandata versus Joey Bax up next. Should we not use the PV thing? I remember the first time I heard it. I heard it was P to the V, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, first time I heard it was P in the V. It's like really, guys. <laughs> Damn! Even the mics against him. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so the next match, yes, next match we have uh, Sandata and Joey Bax, who had the unfortunate luck of having to follow the match that emotionally sucked the air out of the arena. So while the match was technically competent, I mean, you could tell that these guys knew what they were doing. There just wasn't enough energy left to cheer anybody on. Yeah, like the crowd was still behind, but. Compared to the last match, yeah, sayang, sayang. Yeah, everybody was tapped, just tapped out. And uh, it also didn't help that you sort of weren't clear who was supposed to be the heel in this point. Oh, the clear-cut guy is Bax because he yeah, attacked, he- you know, Sandata from behind. Not just tonight, uh, that night, also from Terminus when he was the mask guy. And then from PWR Live, I think. Oh no no! PWR Live Sandata had revenge. Yeah yeah, he did the he beat him up real bad, and uh, actually, where are they going with this though? I think this is the end of the chapter. You have to go way back when Sandata and Bax were still in their respective teams. When they were at Revolution X, it was those two teams plus Kanto Terror and Mark Dimanalo. It was Sandata who pinned Joey Bax for them to eliminate fighters for hire. This is his official singles win, though. So congratulations, Sandata. You finally have a real win on your books. This was supposed to be the conclusion of a feud, you think? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Sandata's gonna go on to bigger feuds. Back is going on to bigger feuds as well. There's like their step one process. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, I, guess, so it, I guess it just makes it kind of sad that the match that's supposed to put a capstone on a feud that are supposed to put a feather on a feud a conclusion of a feud ends up with almost uh, no support it's like if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it did the tree fall <laughs> uh, yeah because the placement of the match yeah yeah so. yeah all the emotion was sucked out of the room and uh, i guess the audience was just finding it hard to muster any more care yeah uh, well Personally, though, I, I am so happy someone got the win tonight, that night. Yes, yes. I'm glad they got the win. And congratulations to the performers who, who actually, as, as I mentioned, performed really well. Just It just wasn't uh, the night to be noticed after something like that. But speaking of the night, that night also had the main event. It's Ralph versus Brian Leo. So this one was, I think, set up. Real well after Imabayashi beat Apocalypse the previous match. Um, so you go in thinking this is going to be a huge back and forth, and it was. It was uh, technically all their moves were there, all the spots were there, except that at some point, especially near the middle of the match, it kind of dragged a bit. Uh, I didn't notice, but h- how so? How so? Uh, like, like uh, at some point, there was a sequence for about five minutes, they were just exchanging shoves or or punches 
uh, they were just grunting at each other and and uh, trying clotheslines on. Like, uh. yeah, th- there was that lull in the middle of the match. It's like the uh, the tug of war. Yeah. Okay. I guess it was there for a reason, but I understand. But what happened at the end of this match? Yeah. So at the end of the match, a masked guy comes out. Ostensibly, not one of the people who were told not to appear at ringside, and he provides the necessary interference for Brian Leo to get his championship back. And this is how it happens, guys. The referee was down because Ralph was blinded by Brian Leo on an eye rake or a face rake, and he, you know, Sonic crushed him to the mat. But however, Brian Leo also fell victim to the Sonic Crusher. And that's where the guy in the mask entered, right? He entered, he belted him, right? Oh, yeah. And I thought at first it was hentai common. <laughs> so after the match, uh, so he uh, puts down Rafi Mabayashi, helps Brian Leo secure the pin, and later on he unmasks himself. And it turns out that this masked man is Peter Versaza. And now, how do you feel on Peter Versaza's storyline arc after beating Crystal? Does it, it- well, uh... This works in the sense that you're finally connecting Scarlet to Crystal so you can have your first female division match. Your Divas match. <laughs> Should we call it Divas match? <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, that is the only context in, we- in which Peter Versaza joining Royal Flush makes sense. But uh, how do I feel about it? Uh, it's still going to be hard to recover from being the guy who beat up the girl. But at the very least, you put it to some use by putting Crystal on a path to Scarlet somehow. It's a nice save. So yeah, like I said in the last review, I still have faith that PWR is going to, you know, write this ship to a good direction. And I guess this is what it happened. See, it, it went well. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So uh, Royal Flush finally has five members, right? So they have four four guys and a girl. You know, I have a suggestion for an opening theme for an entrance music. Okay. And uh, shout out to our friends at ToyCon. Here it is. That's right. All right, so if you look at it, Voltus 5 has a, what TV Tropes calls a five-man band. Right? A five-man band is composed of, well, five members. You have your hero, you have the Lancer, who is the second-in-command general personality foil of the hero. You have the big guy, the smart guy, and the chick. Now, Royal Flush, you can sort of tell who's going to be the big guy, the, the, who's going to be the, the, the hero, or who's going to be the leader. That's Leo. You can tell who's going to be the big guy. It's Main Max. And of course, there's only one chick, Scarlet. So who's the smart guy and who's the Lance? Because I can say Sebastian's the Lance, but PV's the brains. No, you're, you're really going to think Peter Versailles is the brains? He's the, he's the, he's the muscle. <laughs> but at the same time, he's also a personality contrast to Brian Leo. So I think he's more of the Lancer. Ah. Sebastian, on the other hand, is wily, is witty. He's the smart guy. He's the cerebral guy. Yeah, he's a cerebral assassin. Uh, time to play the game. <laughs> All right, so uh, and then you have a so you have a, a five man band here. Uh, 
Guess who has the numbers to compete with them? The network? See, now you could have your Survivor Series style matchup. But the network needs a fourth guy, not the machine, because I don't think he's the fourth guy yet. Well, I think he's somehow going to be the fourth guy. And if you really want to even things up, I think Idol should ask Crystal how open-minded she is. Maybe she is open-minded for revenge. (laughs) Anyway, that's our review for PWR Vendetta. And we have another PWR event this coming March. It's called PWR Live. And to this effect, we have decided to try and predict how the matches are going to go. So it's going to be on March 5th, 2016 at where? The Tanduay Sports Complex in Legarda, Manila. Yes, we're going to the U-Belt, baby. Are you excited to go to the U-Belt, John? I haven't been to the U-Belt in ages. I have never been there, period. (laughs) So hopefully let's not get lost along the way. What kind of a blue-collar jobber are you, Martin? A jobber that doesn't know how to read maps. (laughs) But that's beside the point. Uh, So let's run down the list of matches for uh, PWR Live. It's going to be Bombay Suarez versus Ken Warren versus Chris Spencer for the PHX Championship. What else do we have? We have uh, classical Brian Leo and Main Max of the Royal Flush versus Jake DeLeon and Ralph Imabayashi. And we have Beer Promdi returning to action against... Hmm. Wait for it. Still waiting. Next match will be <laughs> Rhetoric Mahaba versus Idol Part 2. Uh, in the final match, Sandata versus the Apocalypse. But yeah, let's go at it. One by one, let's start with Sandata versus Apocalypse. What are your predictions here? Apocalypse. I'm sorry, Sandata. Apocalypse. <laughs> and now let's go to Mahaba Idol Part 2. I say Idol. I say Mahaba, just so they can have a trilogy. And Beer Promdi, this is the tricky situation, because who are they going to face? Uh, let's predict who they're going to face. What's your pick, John? The Jobber Squad. You mean they're going to be promoted? Los Trabajadores to the main show, baby! Well, it doesn't say here that Pro- Beer Promdi is in the main show. It just says their return to action. But it says live, so, you know, I'm assuming main show status. If it's main show, then it's going to be Beer Promdi versus... Who's left on the roster? Sebastian Versosa. Sebastian Versosa. Well, eh, yeah, I suppose so. That That's a good prediction. I mean, who else is there? There's actually two other guys I have in mind. And Ooh. their names are Bruno and Chino Ginto. Ooh, or Maverick Knight versus the two of them. <laughs> oh, man, that's savage. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm predicting, yeah, Network versus Beer Promdi. Sadly, it's not idle, so it's going to be Beer Promdi wins. Well, yeah, Beer Promdi has to win, especially in the heart of Manila. Yeah. And now we go to the other tag team match player. Alright, so who do you think goes in this one, Martin? I am thinking Royal Flush by some DQ. Well, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, JDL and Ralph are gonna have a tough time, not because it's just Leo and Max. What if the other guys are there? Like the other guys, like Versosa, Crystal, whoops! Like Versosa, <laughs> like, you know, like Scarlet, like, hell, like John Sebastian. 
That's that's okay, Martin. I remember the last time I kept saying Charlotte. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, it'll be hard to envision no interference, and interference usually means royal flush wins. Besides, I think they have to build some sort of tension here. Maybe they might be trying to form a rival face stable. So uh, it might also be an opportunity for a potential third or fourth member of a face coalition to show up. So let's go to the maybe the main event of the night will be Warren, Suarez, and Panzer. For me, I think Panzer should win here, especially since they need to push a face. But... It looks like Warren to me. Besides, I'm a huge Ken Warren fan. Yeah, me too. Uh, as much as I want to see Papa P get the gold this night, I think it's too early. Maybe the next event after live. But right now, I think Warren's going to take advantage of the fact that it's a triple threat match. Yeah, no love for Suarez. But then again, Bombay Suarez seems to be like the, uh, the good sport of PWR trying to push guys over. Yeah, I think... I'd love to see Bombay 2 get two belts in one time, at the same time, right? I mean, he has the Extreme Division, and then he'll have PHX. For me, that's the dream. But, I don't know. I think, storytelling-wise, it's going to be Warren Panzer. They're going to really make this feud defeud for PWR in, in like since 2014 up to now. And this is the best opportunity they have to like further the story development between Panzer and Warren. And, yeah... Like I say, I think Warren's going to win this round again, and then Panzer's going to get the gold at the next match. Yeah, that that makes sense. At least with a charismatic face like Warren, you have a chance to to allow Panzer to develop a personality of his own. Um, so, you're, yeah, right. Uh, Warren most likely wins here. And those are the lineup for the PWR Live matches. How about our other predictions, like other matches? For me, in the pre-show, I think we'll see not Maverick might might not Maverick Knight there. I'm gonna see Maverick in the main show against Nintendo. Uh if Maverick shows up in this show, it'll probably be to run interference for Network. Yeah, like Mahaba Idol Part Two, right? Right. Or Ginto Bruno versus. Beer from the <laughs> Oh yeah. Alright, <laughs> uh Nintendo probably not. I'm not sure. You're not sure it's gonna be a revenge match with Machine Nintendo. It's too soon. No, I don't think he's gonna he might not show up in the pre show. Maybe they might use it as a chance to push some new talent. So you think <gasps> we're gonna see YOLO versus Dos part dos. Or maybe YOLO versus Uno. Actually, I would like to see that. What what other Potential. Who else is on the roster? Well, we still have, you know, Joey Bax. Joey Bax versus. I think he's gonna make an appearance somewhere. Maybe he'll interfere in the three way. Oh, yeah. Joey Bax is gonna help Ken Warren in the three way. I feel that too. Yeah, uh, match wise, he might interfere in the Sandata. I don't know. I don't. Maybe there's no match schedule, but I don't know if he'll go to the pre show. Probably not. But yeah, those are our predictions on the main show and possible matches, you know. Anyway, we will see you there, guys. We're gonna be there at Legarda, you know, barring the fact that we might get lost. I, I, I rely on you, John. Don't worry, I got this. Alright, we'll see you there.
And if you reach this part, this is the off-tangent segment. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well, Martin. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. And hey, it's Ian. How are you doing? Hi. Sup, Ian? Good, good. I heard you're going to a party tonight. Yes. What is this party about? It's a... Uh... It's uh, the gas party for Xander. Oh, Xander. Oh, man, that was a good show. Guys, we'll put up a link on our review of Xander. So uh, stick to that. Uh, just stick to this page. You'll see it down below. Oh, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, we're kind of giving a cheap plug tonight, baby. <laughs> so uh, how did you find the show, Martin? That was kind of cool. I mean, it's like Shider, although, you know, copyright reasons, right? Right, right. It was kind of chill. Nice and uh, musical. Actually, if you'll remember uh, the last show, we were we had a lot of saw noises in the background, a lot of construction noise in the background. Those were the Sander people building their props. They were creating Papi Layar. Is that right? Yes, Papi Layar, yeah. the swords, and the, the swords, costumes. and the costumes. Yeah. So, uh, as you can see, we're a uh, we're very cultured here at Jobber Talk. <laughs> <laughs> if you can define cultured. Yes, we have that. As jobbery as we are. Hey, just because we're jobbers doesn't mean we're a one-note band. <laughs> yes, that is true. Just because we're low on Channel 14's totem pole and in life. <laughs> doesn't mean we cannot aspire to greater things. Remember, we were inspired by the one-man band. If Actually, if we had recorded this yesterday... You probably would have heard Greg singing the radio version of uh, Bulalakaw in the background. Holy shit, we missed the boat on that one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you can catch that show, catch it. I think they're trying to negotiate additional shows. That'll be awesome, man. And I'll be watching. Mm-hmm.